0: Apotheosis
1: Now Hello everybody, my name is Kyle Thomas And I'm Darko And we are Apotheosis, Apotheosis now. now Come and check out our webpage apotheosisnow.com for more information and courses and all kinds of uh, very interesting information and today we will be talking about the state of the world
0: There seems to be some a change going on There's things are becoming more obvious there seems to be a, a turmoil things don't make sense as much anymore I, I, that's my perspective from what i've seen from people on my my tiktok like there's a confusion like what's going on and it's like that old state of the world seems to be falling away that old illusion that was holding up our social structure is now like what's real what's not studies um information knowledge like who can we trust based off of knowledge like there's all these questions now that arise due to this old thing this
1: illusion starting to drop we can definitely establish that the one thing that is happening is change so things are changing from the state of how it used to be to something that we're not it's not clear what it is or at least it seems not clear
0: and i i feel as if and I, I'm pretty sure of that there
1: what was holding that
0: illusion together was like this 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 program mentality this hijacking of the consciousness of the people to perpetuate a specific idea of how reality should be um for, and you know what, do you have any takes on that
1: yeah well programming um i i mean it's the narrative it's how we see life it's how we see things it's uh, there are certain ways that we describe, or we are being described, reality through the lens of our uh, parents and um, our, you know, the people that we surround ourselves with, that have a very specific way of inter- interpreting um, the dynamics that we find ourselves in, and thus are pre-programming an answer. Because if I hear someone that I am looking up to to describe a certain phenomena in a certain way, then chances are I'm going to copy that. Um, stating that this is how I see it and I might not actually have thought about it myself as an individual to see how I see it and therefore I'm just regurgitating what someone else said
0: right like the idea of like celebrity influence like this person I love that artist and whatever they say must be true or like uh, just because I love them so much I want to embody their own philosophy and ideas and like that that magical thing that happens like why celebrities have such an influence because everyone loves them and so it's like whatever they say I'm gonna go with it I'm not gonna think about it I'm not gonna question it too much I'm just gonna be whoa man he's a superstar I'm gonna think like him
1: we only perceive them in a certain way those celebrities right Arnold Schwarzenegger he's the governor of what or was or whatever and he you know uh, is being portrayed in a certain way within his movies so that's the face that we get to know but then who is he in private how is he behaving is he uh, walking his talk in integrity or is he just you know uh, weaseling his way through and so with this limited amount of data it's really hard to say because we have this filter of the media telling us what it is and I believe the media is actually the main the main reason we have this discrepancy between what is actually happening and what we think is happening. Because we are non-stop in a certain way bombarded through the media with interpretation of things. Mm-hmm. So the media is telling us what is going on in the world and what that means and, and who's to blame and what is the solution. There's no really a discourse in, in the media, and therefore it is highly limited data points to actually use to make up your own mind.
0: right? You're basically fed the story. this is what happened, this is who did the perpetrations, and this is how you should feel. And yet, because of everything such short snippets, like they don't have the time to elaborate and why. like how? What is the proof of this thing? And yeah, it's like they're they're filling a story. And I think that's becoming more obvious. There's a lot of photos of um, in Ukraine and things. And like, oh, that looks like it's a professional lighting behind his, his picture of this down drone, like everything. And now we have, uh, what's it called? The, um, where they can take a face and they can mask it over it with computer generated AI deep fake deep fake. Yes. And it's like, so is that person who's talking actually that person, because it's just so believable anymore. Um, and that and more and more it is just that story that's being fed and the illusion has become so thick because of a technology i mean even like social media because that also influences our programming and perceptions of reality it is part of the filter of like i follow some people and they say a thing and i quite i you have more room to question it as opposed to legacy media but it's still like you know, it came out when elon musk was looking to buy twitter and there's like you know he said there's like 30-some percent of the interactions on Twitter were actually bots, right? robots, AI. And so it's like, so now how much is AI influencing our psychology based off of what we read and see on our social media? It's like, that's the next platform because that's, and you can see it now, it's like people spend hours a day scrolling and retaining information. And, and that information they retain is part of the lens of the translation of reality. And it's just become more and more because, I, yeah, I think it started with myths, right? Of stories that we passed on of of, of great deeds that happened and and how creation came to be and how we should act to appease a certain entity that we can't see, like all these all these stories that we tell ourselves. And that evolved in time. It seems like it evolved in time to infiltrate our education system, our our media, be it music, movies. Um, Stories, books, Um, yeah, it's just uh, such a prevalent thing that we're in inaudentated, covered with it. It's it's surrounding us all over the place, inaudentated. But um, it's like it's everywhere. No matter where you look, there's some form of programming going on, telling you of what reality is and what you should think and what you should believe. And I think now, due to the rise of the internet and individual content, right? um, us talking here, is a way of sharing our own perspectives. And now more people are doing that. And that's raising the question for the masses of like, okay, what's real? Who should I believe? It's now becoming more obvious that mm, maybe some people, certain people don't have our right interests in mind. And so maybe I should start looking elsewhere. The whole uproar of, of fake news um, during the Trump, Trump time. Um what do you, what do you think is the biggest uh reinforcer of the programs of how we see reality?
1: Well, the media, the mass media for sure. Yeah. Because it, it the way that it's being produced is that there is a filtering mechanism up front where in order to make career within the media, you need to be along see things along the lines of the media. So you you cannot just insert your own opinion or your own observation, you have a certain code of conduct. And a script. A script, basically, yes. And that will influence the way that you that you generate uh, information. And so I, I basically I see it everywhere because it's built upon repetition. It's calling out certain things in a certain way, although they are not that, and that slowly but surely and is getting ingrained into our memory until we usually subconsciously uh, accept it Mm. accept it Mm -hmm. and and i feel that it's it's literally everywhere it's in the newspaper it's the way that we make photos it's it's the media itself because the media is something that is an in between in what is it called intermediary yeah there you go Um, between your own experience and what is actually happening, the reality of things. Because you only have limited data points with your senses, so you can only make that much sense of the situation. And you might be right and you might be wrong. And the only way to find out is to actually engage with others and their perceptions to get you know, cross-referencing the information that you perceive is true for you. But you don't know until you do that. And that is something that is in the scientific method that's totally normal. Like, okay, I'm doing an experiment. Can you do it as well? All right, now we have proven that this seems to be working. So we can actually create predictions out of this methodology or or methodology or or theory. And at the same time, within social environments, we don't do that. We rather trust the media than our own experience or the experience of someone else. Whereas, I personally treat anything that I, that that I haven't personally accept, uh, experienced or someone that is really close and that I trust and that I can ask questions, that they will you know, authentically and openly answer my questions, only then I consider it to be trustworthy information. So only through a trustworthy connection can I receive trustworthy information. And if it's not trustworthy, then what am I gonna do with that? Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Either accept it or, or do the work, the, become the investigator. And like, oh, that's an interesting point. Now, because we have technology and we can look things up and, and from a multitude of perspectives, great the, create the greatest understanding. And you're right. That's, a, that's a different. Because like I remember conversations back when I was living in the States and it's like, oh, did you hear the story? You know, on the news, it was this and this and this. And it's like, not only are we all watching the same, because I also worked in a, as a window washer and so we'd go visit people's houses and it's like eh, 90% of the homes were, had Fox news on or CNN, one of the two types of news. And it's like, Oh, it's just background. They're they're not sitting and watching it. And it's like, oh, it's just background noise. It's like, Oh, but your subconscious is still picking that up and it's now becoming ingrained like, Oh, this is going on in some place. That's thousands of miles away, regardless if you can see it or not. Right. It's like, we're being fed these interpretations that are beyond our own senses and that's part of what creates the illusion
1: because it has a, for me a lot to do with spheres of influence, because if you cannot influence the topic that is being discussed, then you're literally powerless you 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 become a victim of your own experience if If I hear that uh, in in Uganda there's people starving because there is a, um, a a drought, then what am I going to do about it? Like yeah, I could you know send some money to some kind of organization that maybe'll arrive and maybe it won't, but at least like I felt like I, I did something, but for real, it's not actually in my sphere of influence. Whereas if a friend walks up to me and is like, yo, I need, I need an ear, like some crazy shit happened and I, I just need to talk it out. Then I, he is in my sphere of influence and I can have a direct effect, a non-mediated effect. I can look into his eyes and I can approach him and I can show him that I understand what I'm saying. I can ask questions and so on and so forth. And that's really important in order to have a clear communication. Mm -hmm. So basically it comes down to are you using corrupted data or are you using truthful data?
0: Yeah, the the data, taking in the data. That's it. Um, Yeah, and it's that one-on-one because you you raise an interesting point because there's all these organizations that are doing good and now more than ever there's a question of like does that money actually go there how much of that money like you know uh, right. i remember goodwill um because i used to work for goodwill my brother's a big part of goodwill as well and it when it came out like their are ceos like you know he makes us one point some million dollars a year and it's like hmm, this is a donation based thing and he's living lavishly it's like it doesn't make sense and so it's yeah bring it raises the question of like who can i interact with and what can i do now and that as, um, and it's the people here. It's the connections here. It's what you can. This is what you can influence, right? That's fear of influence idea. Like you, in Uganda and Ethiopia and all these places that
1: are having issues. It's like, yeah, we can't do much. We can give money to them as a trust. Right, and at the same time, if you know someone that is down there right. that is working for a, an an organization or has his own organization, he's just down there using the money that is being donated to actually help people to build wells or bridges or you know like help people um so that they have a better start into life then yeah. yes you can absolutely under, uh, support that person because you have a direct connection to that person mm-hmm. and not just some entity like corporations i mean that the whole point that a corporation has a similar status than a living being is, is utterly, utterly nonsense mm-hmm. Because we are alive, we have that creative spark that can create uh, a a solution to a problem that we find um, ourselves in and that there is no substitute for that. There is no algorithm or program that can take care of actual creative um, initiation of something because when we show up in Uganda, it's different uh, than just sending money down. To show up to see it for yourself to make connections to get new friends to 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 see what is actually needed and then let that affect yourself to to see how you want to how you want to support the situation instead of yeah well i i donated money i'm good
0: right it's about that connection like you say like yeah if you know somebody there there's a connection there or going there yourself and this raises like this this trust that we have this Unadulterated trust we have of authority—it's diminishing. That's part of what's going on. Is this diminishing of trust of authority? Um, But it's like we people are more apt to donate to bigger corporations of of well-being, of well-doing. Like these, um, what do you call them? Like uh, non-government NGOs, non-government organizations. People are more apt to go for them, the bigger guys, and less so for the smaller guys that are actually doing things because they're, they're more trusted, because they're represented by all these different authorities and, and governments are like, yeah, they're, they're, they're the guys, um, even though they're non-government organizations. But so there's also, I feel this like, from childhood and specifically in school, there is this molding of ourselves to, ah, authority figure must be trusted. They know the truth. Um, and it, I, I believe that it starts in school, parents and stuff, of course, originally, but Like, in school, we have the teacher. We look at the teacher as the one that bestows knowledge. They know, even though they only know what they've been taught. And, you know, there's all these different complexities within that. But there seems to be, like, if you don't follow, and if you don't listen to what the teacher says is true, and if you question, you get bad marks, right? You get less grades. And... And now, like, so we go through that whole structure of schooling and become, like, becoming adapted to authority means truth. And then as we grow up, you know, scientists say, studies show, um, um, investigators found. And it's like these little keyword nuggets that, like, trigger that subconscious repetition, right? Again, it's all repetition that creates that programming of, like, ah, authority figure, truth. I must listen. This is reality. Um. How do you think, like, how would, it, how would you feel as a way to, for somebody to reprogram this idea of, like, oh, authority may not have the best interest of your mind? And to actually work towards becoming self-sovereign? You are your own authority.
1: Right. I think the, the best way to do, uh, to go about this whole topic is awareness. That you become aware where an impulse is coming from. Is it your own or is it someone else's? And that, that to learn to, to differentiate between those two so that you don't just regurgitate what someone else said, but you actually answer for yourself. And that is something that, yeah, you practice by catching yourself. It's like, oh, wow, I'm saying that same thing that my dad used to say. Like probably in the same energy, with the same tone of voice. And it's like, wow, I don't like my dad. Like, why would I say something that my dad said just because he said it a million times? But that's the whole point. You you. You know, heard it so many times that you made it your own uh, out of pure convenience because you never took the time to think about the things. So, that is one part to become aware of your impulses. And then, really important, the second part is that you have someone that you can talk about it openly that doesn't judge you, that just accepts you the way that you are. It's like, oh, okay, you are working on this topic right now. Let's support you. Like, just uh, at least I'll listen to what you have to say so that you can go deeper within that dynamic of that topic that you are working on. And so um the combination of thinking for yourself, learning to think for yourself, and um having someone that you can really talk about these things in an open way, in an, in an authentic way, I think that combination is what it what is needed to step out. Because if you if you think for yourself, but then you address that issue with a friend and the, or your friends and the friends are all like, no, you're crazy. Like, no, they, they said on the news it's like this or like that. Then you will not learn how to trust your own impulses. And that's so important that if you don't trust the data points that you generate, then what can you bring to the table of a group or community? You have to be reliable within yourself in order to to generate something that actually makes sense. And so I believe that that double approach is the easiest way to um, help each other actually to, to grow out of the programming that has been so strong. And I wanted to give a, a concrete example before we go to, to your answer, um, where I remember I had like in whatever, eighth grade, uh, a an, an biology teacher, and he said that uh, children start learning to walk when they are w- about one and a half years old. But I knew that from the stories of my mom that I started walking when I was eight months old. I never started; I, I skipped crawling and I just started to walk. And I told him that it's like, no, I started walking when I was eight months old, and he's like, "This is impossible." But impossible to in 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 relation or in the context of the things that he has learned. So instead of the actual experience of me having had that experience, because. If I have to make a choice whether I believe my teacher or my mom, I believe my mom and not the teacher. And he was really forceful about it, basically claiming that I'm a liar and saying that 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 cannot be it cannot be true. And that is basically what what kind of like brings it all together in the sense of what is happening in the world that we have accumulated a lot of habits and a lot of structures how we behave that are not up to date Mm. they used to work 100 years ago or 50 years ago or 200 years ago or whenever but right now it needs a different approach and we are not open to that approach because we are stuck with the the way that things have been and and that is the like the the split where one side um is is utterly in the real world and then there is another side in each one of us that is in Fantasylandia. It's like I want it to be the way that I expect it to be, and therefore I will enforce that perception because I'd rather be right, even with force, than be wrong and and learn something, because it's it's perceived as as a weakness. Ah, you don't know that. Like how how? Why don't you know that? Well, let's make fun of you. It's like, well, I I'm learning it right now. How about that? Why why is that not an um, legitimate way of communication in between us? Where ah wow, this is what I'm learning right now.
0: Yeah, it's like uh, conformity through intimidation. Um, yeah, no, definitely. And I think uh, and I agree with you. It's awareness, and what came up was like this. It is the authentic expression because if you're always holding things back, you can't. Like when we express ourselves and share our ideas with people that we trust, like you were saying, and like we can be open with, it's like it's only through that act of sharing and bringing it out can it be analyzed and like people, other people, those friends can bring their own perspectives, and you can gain more clarity. You can get more. Like again, like I said, um, from a multitude of. Pres- perspectives creates the best understanding and so ah here's this idea here's how I view things and from other people perceiving it we get more clarity and it grows it becomes more refined and and anymore and I myself had many issues many years most of my life dealing with the inability to express like I was mute for most of my early years like I only said one sentence but learning that like your programs because a lot of what we say is just that programmed thing of like ah, i learned it from the news this is what i learned from the books i'm going to correct you and then the other person like if you don't do that the other person doesn't have the opportunity to be like ah but this is what i did and i experienced for myself and that might be their perspective but i i experienced it differently what have you experienced oh reading the book um it's like, yeah, but you didn't experience. Your senses weren't part of it. You didn't collect those data point, data points through your senses. So it's like, what do you know? You listen to a story, um, and so yeah, being aware and and bringing it out to be seen, because it's, if you can't if you can't be seen, you can't you can't deal with it, right?
1: Right, and there is actually something that we could uh, touch upon. It's called the Dunning Kruger syndrome where Dunning and Kruger, they were two professors at a, or are two professors at a university. I'm not sure which one. I have to look that up. But the point being that they let their students evaluate themselves in, in hundreds of different topics. And then through statistics, they figured because they had real data now, right? Like the, their percep- this perception of the students and the real data, how good they are actually at something. And they found out and that's what that syndrome uh, describes. Is that the worse someone is in something, the higher they put themselves thinking that they actually know. And the less like the and, and the more actually someone has experience, the less likely that person is to actually speak up. So we are we have like a a rule by people that don't know what they're talking about. And and I believe that we all have these have had this experience one way or another where we are part of a of an endeavor and that endeavor has someone come in that just comes straight from university and knows it all because he has a paper that claims that he knows it. And then he comes up with all these ideas of how things should be instead of how they are. And usually it's the ones that actually work with their hands right on that thing that is like, "Well, wow, this is unrealistic. No, it, t- it takes whatever, to assemble this, this thing, it takes five minutes. I have never been able to do it in two and now you come and say like this can be done in 2 minutes because some kind of statistic tells you that you it can be done in 2 minutes you learned it learned that but you literally learned false information and then you come with this assertiveness of knowing because you learned it at a university which is considered higher in the hierarchy than someone that actually did it again and again and again and again and exactly and that experience is not being considered in in a lot of companies and that creates this cognitive dissonance where we are having the problem of not being able to address the problems that are actually there because of the dynamic the bureaucracy and the the way that like that new person coming straight from university is um, uh, trying to to change things
0: Mm. trying to enforce things because yeah it's my dad always spoke about it like engineers fresh from the school and it's like oh it needs to be this and this and this and it's like bro no you you haven't done you you don't realize and lieutenants like yeah it's a very common thing of like people fresh from school and not thinking they know with only book smarts and no no physical experience
1: i have a i have a great example for that actually um one time i was hitchhiking through europe and this trucker uh, picked me up and he picked me up i was standing in a really bad position um at a highway and uh, he picked me up with the words, we men of the street have to, you know, be together. And so he took me along and then he told me the story where the, the he's working for a company and the son of the boss just came from university and he had this whole idea of how fast you should be able to drive from A to B. So he was like, oh, people are lingering. They're just wasting time and energy and money for the company. And it got so worse, so bad that... Um, that guy that took me along um, told his boss, listen, uh, either you're going to send your son with me on a ride so I can prove it to him or I'm quitting. And because he was there for like, whatever, 30 years, he was an older man, uh, the boss was like, yeah, of course, you're one of my best drivers, uh, take the son. And so they, he drove him in the winter next to a cliff on like a really dangerous road and, and, and that boy was just look, staring out of the window, being in shock. Like, oh my God, the slightest mistake and we are dead. And he was, at a certain point, he was like, and now look at how fast we are driving. See that? We're driving half the speed that, you know, your program or your... Your, your
0: expectations led you to believe is possible.
1: Exactly. But it is in order to actually make sure that we all arrive with the cargo safely and that we are still alive when we arrive like that that doesn't make any sense to push something that is out of context
0: yeah and i think that's become more in the the united states government more seen because it's like like you say out of touch and more and more as time is going on as the decades go on like that there's an out of touchness between those that rule govern and those that are governed and it's we're starting to see like this detachment they don't there's people that don't know go on what's going on and it raises the idea of like why do we have you know uh we when you're 70 years old you're unfit for work but we have many numerous politicians that are 70 and beyond and it's like they're the ones that are governing things not only just like with the mentality but also like their ideas are old like you said some of the things worked 100 years ago 200 years ago whatever but now is a new day. Now is a new time. Lots of change. Lots has changed since then, and even for yeah, the last twenty years, many things have changed. And it's like a um, raising of the time of the, the younger people that have allowed themselves to be more open-minded through the accumulation of information and, and the openness to ulterior perspectives to see right to see and then guide to offer what they have, and you know, but then that's that's part of the difficulty because of that cognitive dissonance that you mentioned before, even if you're aware of different perspectives and know how they work through experience, the vast majority are still under this fog of this is how it's always been, and yeah and that's that's a big thing here in Guatemala and Honduras as well like you you can bring new farming practices but so hard to let it stick because it, this is the way my father did it. My grandfather did it. And like over time, over generations, it becomes so ingrained that it, I I kind of look at it as like an addiction, like not only addiction to personal identity and who you think you are, you know, over the years we get addicted to it and it becomes really hard to change. Just like any addiction, it becomes hard to change. And I think that this cultural pro- programming or cultural conditioning is very much the same as like another addiction that's been given to you. Um, And yeah, and I think going back to like the state of the world, like things are becoming revealed and more obvious, especially again, thanks to social media and the ability for people to share things. And it's through this revealing of things that people can begin to question what they thought is real. But that's also the difficulty, right? The having to confront cognitive dissonance. What was it you said before of like, um, like uh, through force, right? They they know to be true so much so that they will use force to kind of keep that truth aligned, and I don't know. I think that eventually it, that leads to its own self destruction.
1: Because in order to have innovation, you need to to access all the data points and, and include them. You cannot just. Like, how many times have you been of part of a situation where someone above you made a made a new decision and and you just have find yourself having this conversation again where you're like, ah, I wish they would have asked us that are actually affected by this policy. But that doesn't happen because we have this representative democracy where, you know, like some dude is going is to tell us all how it's going to work now and we're not even making sure that they have no conflict of interest because, you know, it's like, hmm. mm. but I can help to make this deal happen by being in this position where I have influence ob- uh, above other people. And this lack of accountability is what leads us to uh, this stagnant system that is literally falling apart now. Like it's, it cannot uphold itself anymore. We cannot just rape and plunder all the time and enslave and hope for that to create... A dynamic that actually makes sense or in other words if if violence and war was actually solving like creating peace we should have had it for thousands of years but it obviously doesn't work and therefore why do we keep repeating something that obviously doesn't work believing that it will bring another outcome now and and that is what is that is what becomes more and more clear the the clear realization and reflection upon how our civilization is built what a, like what skeletons are in the closet mm. and we have to look at it we have to to integrate that that uh, data point as well be like oh wow but we do it on the cost of someone else and eventually it will just create friction and problems. Because these people deserve also a fair chance, and therefore we have been perpetuating a system, you know, like the English uh, Empire, for example. Like they move somewhere, they come with like higher technology weapons, and it's like, all right, we take over. Right? You do now what we say. We hoist our flag, whatever that means, hoist, and exactly. hoist, hoist, okay. <laughs> And, and, uh, and that's the dynamic where, where obviously, if you are confronted with a gun at your head, you will be like, all right, right I'm, you, you will probably want to live. So you say that you're going to do it, but then finding out that nah this is actually not what I want. Like they, they are robbing us. Literally, they are not thinking of us. We are but a uh, human resource. Right? Mm, right, yeah. And we are not a resource. We are here as caretakers. We are here to as innovators, as someone that brings beauty and 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 creative impulse into the situation we find ourselves in, and that is a um, a great power and a great responsibility, and it, that cannot be usurped by by technology, although that is what we are experiencing. Well, I guess the final point is that there is the option to actually to opt out of these systems. So everything's falling apart, and. Yes, you can plan to create your new business that will hopefully, hopefully create revenue in, in a couple of years. But is that going to work out or not? That's not guaranteed. But what is guaranteed is that a trustworthy human connection will show up when you actually call them. So the main point being that by you you know creating trustworthy connection, by being a worthy ally you actually can have an association of people that will stick together, that will do what needs to be done in order to ensure that our survival and our thriving. And so that is the main balance point that needs to be um, our compass. Are we creating trustworthy connections with one another so that we create recreate the type of community that we can actually thrive upon or in because it is a supportive environment and not uh, you need to behave the way that I say.